today's an awesome day to be here because we are starting a brand new sermon series, a brand new message titled, Blessed. Blessed. And church, I hope and pray that you know that you're blessed. We've been singing about it this morning. We've been talking about it a little bit already this morning. And I want you to know, to know that you know that you know that you're blessed. And move from know to be believe, believe that you're blessed every single day. That, that, that you are. And, and y'all, guys, we are. We really, really are. And this message is going to be a, a reminder for us as children of God. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're super blessed. And if you're not for some reason, I promise you there'll be a moment for you to accept him today. I mean, what are you waiting for? Amen. Uh, but as children of God, no matter what, we're still blessed. In the midst of your hardest place, in the midst of your darkest place, if you believe in Jesus... I don't want that to sound cliche, but there is still hope for you. And this message is going to take a turn because it's going to be deeper than you and I really think. Because being blessed, sometimes maybe it's a part of being uh, living in America or a part of the culture that we're a part of. We think being blessed is this external thing, right? Oh, you're blessed because you got this job, or you're blessed because you got this amount of money, or you're blessed because you drive this type of vehicle, or you're blessed because you're in a relationship with so-and-so. Right? And as we're going to read, we're actually going to use the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus used, titled the Beatitude, Beatitude excuse me, out of Matthew 5, and we're going to talk about what Jesus defines as being blessed. And it's actually going to maybe change your thinking of what being blessed really means. And when we come to that revelation, we're going to even be more thankful that if I do have all the good things in life, then I'm super blessed, right? And God wants blessed people to what? Bless others. I love you guys. You're tracking with me. You're, you're reading my mind. Blessed people. God wants his people blessed so that he can bless others in his son's name, right? So I think it's going to be a great message kick off this season of Thanksgiving as a reminder for us as we enter into the holidays, into this season of the things that God wants to do through us, for our communities around us, for our families, and all those that we love and care about, right? So let's look at that first point. So as we start this, we're going to talk about the, the Beatitudes, like I said. We're going to get to Matthew 5 here in a moment. But the Beatitudes... For you and for me, they actually, if you think about it, they give us a spiritual standard. A, a standard, a measuring stick for what God says being blessed is and what it looks like. Okay, A moral code, I kind of want to compare what a moral code is compared to a, a standard. They're different. A moral code tells us which lines not to cross, but a spiritual standard defines the life we're called to live. You know, God doesn't want to just, He didn't send His Son just to make bad people good. Or, or, or bad people better. He came to bring dead men and women to life in Christ. <laughs> so there are going to be moral people that are going to be in hell. There's going to be some good people, according to the world's standards, that are going to be separated from Christ. And so what I want you to get is that, that God, through His Son and through the Spirit of God, as He blesses us, His Spirit even trumps, is far superior than your good conscience. You know, you can still make good decisions apart from the Spirit of God. 
but it may not be the decision that God still wants you to make. Do you see that? God's spirit is even more superior than anything that the world defines as good or even our own good conscience, right? Jesus, he gives us this blueprint of a blessed life in Matthew 5. And as I said, it may not be what you think that you think it is. It actually goes deeper. Amen. So let's read it. Let's look at Matthew 5, 1 through 12. And so this is, this is Jesus, and he's preaching and teaching, and this is what he says. He says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up to the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you or persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you for falsely or falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in where? Heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Man, what a passage of scripture for us. Blessed isn't as glitz and glamour as maybe we think. Through what Jesus says, he declares the blessing of God to the children of God for those who share and walk in the same desires of his heavenly Father. Do you see that? I believe every single thing that Jesus just taught us is for the children of God to look like the Father. Because the Father desires all of those things. Those who believe, those who are poor in spirit for His namesake. Those who are persecuted in His name for Him. Those who forgive others, those who bless others. Jesus calls blessed. Jesus calls blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Are those desires of the Father? You better believe so. So really, this is a blueprint that Jesus gives us to see if I'm a child of God or not. Do I share in the same desires as my Heavenly Father? Do I see the souls of people and not just the ugly side of people? Right, Because we have plenty of that going on. I have to be able to see through the smoke and mirrors. I have to be able to see through the through the sin and the, and the darkness. And I have to be able to see that there is something good in them that Jesus died and paid a price for. And God wants to use us. And we're blessed if we walk in that standard that we're talking about. Not a good morals, but in that blessed standard that Jesus just gave us. Jesus declares blessings on those who share in the same desires of the Father. I had this little... Uh, a thought as I was studying this week. Children of God. Any children of God in the house? Children of God live like children of heaven. 
we got a lot of people who confess Jesus and they're living like children of the world. They act like the world, they talk like the world, they respond the way the world does, and nothing is being changed for His glory. Children of God, blessed children of God, live like children of heaven. Because you know what? If you're blessed, you know this isn't your permanent home. If you're blessed, you know there's a mission that God has for you. If you're blessed, you know there's more than this. Right? I'm living for something bigger than me. I know there's promises awaiting for me. And so because I'm a, ch- a blessed child of God, I live like a child of heaven in the world because this ain't my permanent home. God's got another one waiting for me, amen? So look at the next point. The kingdom of God is what? And I feel like we use that a lot, but it's just really good. It just paints a perfect picture. How do I know if I'm living for God? Your life is probably upside down and backwards to the world out there, right? But through the Beatitudes, Jesus, he flips it. He flips what the world would call blessed. And he says, no, to be a child of God, a blessed life looks like this, right? He flips the coin and declares a blessing over those who choose to live life by his standards. What we would normally call cursed, what the world would call even cursed, Jesus calls blessed. A lot of the world looks at Christians, real Christians, doing amazing things, forgiving people, loving people, helping people, inviting people they don't even know maybe into their homes, helping them get back on their feet, helping loving and hurting broken uh, addicts, people who are engulfed in sin. I feel like we do a great job of that here at this church. We love people where they are. We invite them in, right? A, A person in the world would see that as, man, that is really upside down and backwards. Those people did that. They did those evil things. Let them learn their lesson, right? What, what the world calls cursed, God calls blessed. And so the hardships of your life, don't look at them as the hardships. Look at them as, you know what, it's a sign I'm blessed. I'm going through this. What the, evil, what, what the enemy meant for evil, God's going to use for my good. Right? This might be hard. This might be tough. I don't know the, the correct direction. I don't know the next step. But you know what? I know that I'm blessed if my desires are the same as the Father's. If I'm doing what God has commanded me to love others, respect others, forgive others, not judge others, not be offended. You know what? Then I am blessed. Your hardships declare blessings. So don't give up just because it gets hard. Back before you came to know Jesus, we blamed a lot of things on the devil, right? And if you really think it, think about it, the devil had nothing to even bother with messing with you about because you're already living in sin. So a lot of the times when we come to Christ and we get born again, and we say, you know what, I'm going to take my faith seriously. I'm really going to start doing this. I'm going to start not just doing I'm going to start living this. Now you become a threat to the enemy, right? And now the actual challenges, the, the spiritual battle begins. Right? That's where the rubber really meets the road. And so don't give up because it gets hard. That declares the blessing of God. Because the world despises the truth. And if you're walking in truth, it'll probably despise you as well. Right? 
Jesus said, if they persecute you for my name's sake, you're blessed. Because they first persecuted me, right? So it's a sign of blessing. Look at that next point. The word blessed means to be supremely favored. And I studied the word beatitude means to be supremely blessed. That's what beatitude means, to be supremely blessed. And so the word blessed means to be supremely favored, happy, or joyful. Jesus declares a special blessing over each of the beatitudes that we read today. So that that word means to have favor, no matter what. If you believe, God is for you. If you believe, God is with you. If you believe, you have favor that the rest of the world doesn't have. We write, Jesus says that we are divinely favored and blessed. This week, uh, I'm, a, I'm in a, a lot of group texts. <laughs> a lot of group texts in the ministry and at work and uh, we're part of a men's group uh, text, and it's, it's ongoing every day, right? There might be some funny memes. It's, it's a, a lot about sports and a lot of things that really probably don't matter a whole lot. We have fun with it. But then a lot of times it gets serious. And so this week, one of, one of the guys in that, that group, he was going for a job interview. And he said, hey, guys, I need you to pray for me. I'm about to go to this job interview. I feel like the cards are stacked against me. I feel like I'm going into this, and, and they're already got their mind made up. The, 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 the game's rigged against me, right? I said, no, brother. This is the exact, that's upside down and backwards. God is for you. The cards are stacked in your favor. Then I said, you know what? Favor ain't fair. Tell your neighbor, say, hey, favor ain't fair. It ain't fair to the world out there if you live for Jesus. Because God can do some things in your favor that you alone can't do. It's the exact opposite. The, the game's rigged in your favor. Because favor ain't fair. The blessing of God ain't fair to the rest of the world out there. Right? Because God's got you. He sees you. He knows you. He's with you. He's for you. Right? It's in those moments where I got to declare that. I got to believe and say, no, I'm favored. I'm a child of the Most High. The Most High. Right? And my God takes... It's care of his children, right? Look at that next point. So Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. So what I want to do is we're going to break down the next couple weeks each of the, the Beatitudes. And today we're going to look at this first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus said, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so, But if we really study that out, there's something that we need to learn. There's something that we need to get. right? He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. So there's a spiritual poverty. What does poor mean? Poverty, right? There's a spiritual void that you and I have. And so spiritual poverty is a dependency and expectancy on the Lord. The poor in spirit realize that we must do our part, but if God doesn't do his part, we're lost. Let me just say, you know God did his part. Do you know that God never does not do his part? We're the ones that don't do our part. But the majority of my part is to rely on his part. <laughs> That's the majority of our job is to rely on his part of what he's already done. And God's done that. And then when I come to that revelation and when I come to that place of 
relying, depending, and expecting on God as my source and my provider, God then meets me and blesses me because I've honored him. And then, he, then I can't just, you know, sit like a, a, a couch potato. Then he actually, he speaks to me and teaches me and leads me. He's a shepherd, right? Then, then I begin to, by faith, go out in life and do the things that he's, by his spirit, softly ask, whispering for me to do. Say this, don't say this, do this, begin this ministry. This dream that I gave you, it's time now, right? This dream, it's, it's good, but just, just wait till the timing's right. This is how our, the, the life of faith works, right? My part is to rely on him, rely on, on, on his part. I'm dependent and expectant on him every day. I'm dependent on his favor every day. I'm dependent on his blessing every day. And hey, it doesn't end there. I'm, I'm expecting those good things to happen in my life every morning I wake up, as I'm driving to work, as I'm uh, meeting people in my daily life. I'm dependent and expectant for those good things to happen. And so he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. So spiritual poverty is understanding that there is nothing that you and I can do to fix ourselves. There's nothing that you and I can do to get us to heaven apart from receiving that gift that God has done for us. We're, 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 we're actually, there's a spiritual debt, there's a spiritual void that only Jesus can pay. And the amazing thing is, we're called to be spiritually dependent and expected. We're, we're really spiritually poor, but we're also, the Lord showed me, we're spiritually rich at the same time. I don't become spiritually righteous and spiritually rich until I see that I'm spiritually poor and Jesus fills that need and now I'm a, I'm a son of God. I'm a poor sinner heathen living in darkness and sin and pride and all these other things. But when I see that Jesus can help fix my life, not just help fix my life, make me brand new, it says. Raise me to new life. Now I'm spiritually rich. Come on, somebody. But I have to see that first. And what happens when that happens? When you see that, you see how blessed you are. That God would do that for you. That God would forgive you for that sin. That God would forgive you for those thoughts. Or God would forgive you for those evil things. Call you forgiven. And not just call you forgiven and pay your debt. But invite you into the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the of God of heaven. Children of God live like children of heaven. Look at Psalms 127.1. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. And this is why we have to be spiritually poor. This is why we have to be dependent on seeing God as our source. Relying, my part is to rely on his part. Because this scripture says, Unless the Lord builds it, it's no good. Unless the Lord's not in it, it's not blessed. And so this is why it's so important for us not to miss God every single day. God wants to meet with you every single day. 
He wants to be in everything. And if we miss God, we're not building the kingdom of heaven. Right? So are you a part of what God's doing? Or are you letting God be a part of what you're doing? Are you a part of building the kingdom of God? Or are you building your own kingdom and letting God just come in whenever you see fit? Because God wants you to rely on Him to do those things and to build those things, right? And so are you building His kingdom or your own? It said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Look at that next point. I just said it. Jesus just said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Spiritual poverty makes you a partaker. It invites you in. You become a part of. You get to do the same things as a partaker in the kingdom of heaven. His kingdom comes and His will is done in your life because you live in a place of dependency and, expect and expectancy upon the Lord. That's what brings you in. And if you're a Christian, we're all in this together, right? Your sufferings are my sufferings if we're part of the same body. We talked about that last week, right? The importance of the body of Christ and the different members and the parts of the body. Jesus is the head of that body. And so God wants all of us in this together, dependent and expectant, right? A believer understands that there is more. A believer understands and sees that their source uh, is God for everything. A believer doesn't settle for the report of the world. We're in this together. We're not to settle on the report of what the world says, right? We have a better report. A better report, one that says favor ain't fair because I'm a blessed child of the Most High. I'm a child of God, so I live like a child of heaven, right? A believer knows they're a part of something bigger, not just bigger. They're a part of another kingdom, a kingdom that doesn't belong here on earth, a kingdom where it's nothing but the unadulterated, pure, lovely, holy love of God. A pure holy love is the kingdom that I'm a part of. One that accepts, one that forgives, one that loves. That's the part that I'm a part of. That's the kingdom that I'm a part of. That's the kingdom that God calls us all to be a part of together. Look at that. That next scripture. And we're going to go into the Old Testament today. And uh, y'all know you need to be reading your Old Testament as well. Help give you fresh revelation. And the Old Testament proves the authenticity of God in the New Testament. And we're going to read a little story. And it's uh, of King, king uh, Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judah. And after David and Solomon, the first two kings of Israel, after the new temple was built, did you know that the nation of Israel actually split? There was a, nor a northern uh, part where the other eight tribes 
lived, and then there was a southern part where King Jehoshaphat was the king of the, the two tribes, uh, of Benjamin and, and Levi. And so we find uh, King Je- uh, Jehoshaphat getting ready to go lead his people into battle, a battle that they have to fight, and the Spirit of God comes on one of his men, and that's what we're going to read. And I want to show you this because they understand. They were depending and expecting on the Lord. It took a man of God to speak to the people of God to believe that God is. Right? And so I want to read that with you together today. Look at verse 13. It says, As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, their children, getting ready to go into battle, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehizel, son of Zechariah, son of Benani, son of Jeel, son of Matani, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaphah. He said, listen, all of you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, even you King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid, don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but whose? God's. I'm going to stop there for a moment. The battle that you're fighting every day in the natural, in the flesh, release that battle onto him. Because he can do it through you. It's in our weakness that he's made strong if you rely on him. Right? If you rely on him, he says, it's not yours, it's God's. Verse 16, tomorrow, march out against them. You'll find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. He's, he's prophesying. You will not even need to fight, he says, the man of God. Take your possessions, then stand still, watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. And then the king, the leader of the people, the honor falls on the leader of the people. It says, then the king, Jehoshaphat, bowed low his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, what, did the same. They followed the leader and they honored God. They began to worship God, it says, and they worshiped the Lord. Go down to verse 22. As they began the people, the man of God speaks to the people. The king bows and begins to worship the people. It says, at that very moment, I want you to underline that. Say that with me. At that very moment. Say it again. At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. Favor ain't fair. At that very moment when you open your mouth in prayer and begin to bombard heaven with the thing that you need God to do, at that very moment, God causes something to happen, something to shift. Something to change for the benefit of your good. And you got to believe it. And you got to open your mouth and you got to pray with fire and fervency. That the windows of heaven will open up over your life. But you got to fight. You got to know that you're blessed and pray like you're blessed and pray like you're favored in Jesus' name. Because it says at that very moment when the people got it, when the people saw it, when the people honored God, God moved. God moved. And these people didn't even have to fight. That's read on. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against the allies from Mount Sur and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Sur, they began attacking each other. 
So when the army of Judah arrived to the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw was dead bodies lying on the ground as far as the eye could see. They showed up to battle, and they didn't even have to fight, just as the man of God said. Right? That's good stuff. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could even carry. There was so much plunder that took them three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of the Blessing. Somebody say blessing. Which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord. There it is still called the Valley of the Blessing today. It is still called the Valley of the Blessing Today, church, I don't care where you're at. You, if we are in the day of mercy and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, you reside, if you want to, in the valley of blessing right now. You are blessed. You have more than you can even contain, I guarantee you. Begin to look at your life. You probably got a garage full of junk. You got a house full of stuff. You probably got four, five, six Bibles just collecting dust in your house. We are blessed. And when God's people know and see that they're blessed, they begin to bless others. These these folks, this man of God, King Jehoshaphat, the tribe of Judah understood this. They honored God and they they got what? Victory. And and God didn't just end their victory. What did he do? He added on to them. Four days of spoils, of riches, to make a blessed people even more blessed. That sounds good. I want more blessings, right? I need to be a good steward. I don't believe you'd give it to them if they won't be good stewards of it. Right? So I challenge you. Begin to depend on God. That's what they did. All they did was depend on God. And what happened? He showed up. Imagine that. They depended on the provider And the provider provided. Don't sound like rocket science to me. Sounds pretty simple. (laughs) Begin, I challenge you to depend on the provider. And I bet you he'll begin to provide. Imagine that. Provide with blessings. Look at that next point. The last one for today. It says prayer. I love this. Talk about prayer for here for a moment. Prayer is dependency. I, ch- I just said I challenge you to begin to depend on God. How do I de- show my dependence on God? You got to talk with Him. You got to tell Him, hey, I'm depending on you for this. I need you for this. That's what, these, that's what the tribe of Judah did. They said, We're about to go into battle and we need you. We need you, God. Right? And I love this. Prayer before anything happens, that's what expectancy is. That's what makes the shift. Before anything good happens, you got to declare it as such. And then God meets us. And don't give up when it gets hard. Or don't give up if you feel like God's saying no or not now. He is going to move on your behalf, I promise. Right? Prayer before anything actually happens is expectancy. Their prayer, the tribe of Judah, they acknowledge God as their source, their obedience position, them to receive, and their praise will propel them to a place of victory over their enemies. Guys, prayer is what connects you to heaven. 
I said, children of God live like children of heaven. And so if, if, if to be a child of God, you got you to gotta hang out in heaven on a daily basis. How, how do I hang out in heaven? Through my prayers, through my prayer life, spending time with God, giving God anything. Nothing's too big, nothing's too small to bring to God. He sees you. He loves you. He's, he's with you. He wants you to bring those things to I think I think the challenges excite God. I think when a child of God gets on fire for a big audacious prayer, something that when it happens, it's only going to be by God, I think God's just like, here they come. They actually believe. They're actually expecting. They're dependent on me. He's going to actually open his mouth. He's going to say the prayer, and I'm going to show up for my child. I believe it excites God. I believe heaven begins to tremble. When somebody has that much faith here on earth to reach heaven and ask heaven for help because God wants to. He wants to. He's for you. Look at Philippians 4, 4 through 6. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. When you see that you're blessed and you begin to use your prayers, you begin to use this tool of prayer to fight with, your blessing will begin to trump your feeling. When you know that you're blessed, your blessing trumps how you feel. It doesn't matter what's going on because, because the blessing trumps my feeling. God is outside of time. He is outside of everything. He's in it. And so my flesh, it might, might begin to try and pull me into doubt, pull me into despair. And you know what? The blessing trumps my feeling. I begin to, by faith, rest in peace, knowing that it's done. It is done. It says, in every situation, don't stress, don't be anxious, but instead, pray. But instead, petition. Instead, bombard heaven on your behalf. Man, 1 Peter 4, 7 through 8, it says, the end, this is my last scripture, the end of the world is coming soon. Who believes that? Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be in prayer every day. We're so blessed, we get to present our prayers, our petitions, our requests by faith every single day. Did you know Jesus died for your right to be able to do that 24-7, 365? Before we had to go to a priest to mediate our prayers for us. Jesus, it says, is now our high priest. You are blessed. You get to pray Every single day, you get to touch heaven because of what Jesus has done for us. Amen. And it even says Jesus is right now praying at the right hand of God, interceding for us. Maybe right now he's praying that his children would begin to pray. Maybe he's praying that you would begin to actually start praying. Begin to get engaged with that relationship with your Father through the communication of prayers. Amen. Y'all join me in prayer right now. I want to pray over you.
I'm excited about this series, where it's going to take us as we study these Beatitudes and really seeing what being a blessed believer means. And so Lord, we just declare that scripture over us, that blessing that Jesus prayed, that it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God, forgive us if we don't see how blessed we are, God. Forgive us if we don't see the spiritual poverty that we have, that debt of sin that can only be healed and and paid in full by the blood of Jesus. And when that happens, now I'm spiritually alive. I'm spiritually righteous because of what you've done, God. So I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that we begin to pray like we never have this week. See how blessed we are in Jesus' name. If you're here this with us today, either watching online or here in our sanctuary, and you're not born again, Jesus is not the Lord of your life. And I said at the beginning of this, if, if he's not, there'll be a moment, I promised you, there'll be a moment for you to do that. If you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, this is your moment. I want to ask you to do something. If you're already born again, if you're saved, I want you to pray, please, for the lost right now. But if the Lord is not your Savior, I want you right now to do something for me. No one's watching you. No one's looking at you. All I want you to do is just stand up. Stand, physically stand up right now to say, Pastor Ian, I want to believe in Jesus. It's that easy, that simple. Pastor Ian, I want to stand up because the Spirit of God said something to me today. I feel His presence in my heart. I want to be made right with God today. I want to be a part of this kingdom of heaven you're talking about because I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. I want to be a part of a family, a heavenly family, a forever family. That's you. I want to give you a few more seconds to make that decision today. Amen. Amen. I want to lead us all in a prayer. Someone could be doing this online. No one's physically standing here in our location, but they could be online saying this prayer. So I want to, I want to lead us in a prayer. Please repeat after me loud and proud. Amen. It's going to go like this. Heavenly Father, we love you right now. We accept your son. We believe in Jesus Christ. And we confess that he is Lord of all. He is Lord of my soul, my mind and body. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come and lead my life for the rest of the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good stuff. Well, hey, uh, we love you very much. Thank you so much for coming and doing church with us. Okay, y'all are dismissed. Bring a friend next week. Who's excited you came today? Anybody? Bring somebody next week. Uh, We're in the holiday season, so it's a great opportunity to begin to invite some family and friends. We'd love to see them. Amen. So y'all have a great rest of your Sunday. Y'all are.